Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Caribbean citizenship program could be under threat from EU. South American nation pushes to exclude fertilizer from Russian sanctions. Dominica and China signs agreement to modernize agricultural sector. Reforms for Grenada's public transportation sector on horizon. World Bank country director pledges increased support for Haiti. Antiguan economists awarded by U.S. University. And International Surfing Association 2022 World Stand-Up Paddleboard Championship in Puerto Rico. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Monday, March 14th. We start our report today with a look at the Citizenship by Investment program that operate in the Caribbean. The Antigua Observer reports that the future of the Citizenship by Investment program in the Caribbean is under threat with the European Union. The Observer reports that the European Union is set to issue what some may consider an untimely ultimatum. Last week, a vote was taken by the European Parliament to ask the European Commission to formulate a strategy asking countries that offer citizenship by investment programs to phase them out or face visa restrictions. President of wealth management firm Apex Capital Partners Corp, Nuri Katz, told the Observer that of the thousands of successful applicants to the Antigua and Barbuda Citizenship by Investment Program, there are only a few who have managed to bypass the rigorous due diligence performed in the last 10 years. Apex Capital Managers works with clients who are seeking citizenship in the Caribbean through its offices in St. Kitts and Nevis, Antigua and Barbuda, and Dominica, as well as European countries. Katz, however, believes that it will take several years for any decisions by the EU to revoke visa-free access from citizenship by investment program countries to be implemented. According to the Observer, Antigua and Barbuda's Prime Minister Gaston Brown said the mere notion of attempting to stop the citizenship by investment program by the EU will spell major trouble for Caribbean countries. As a result, PM Brown has written to decision makers in Europe to outline the severe impact of the Caribbean economies in the citizenship by investment programs across the organization of Eastern Caribbean states come to a screeching halt to avoid visa restrictions in the Schengen area. At the center of concern for the Prime Minister is that as much as 50% of annual revenue in some OECS countries is directly derived from their respective citizenship by investment programs. Now Grenada reports that the government of Grenada has decided to temporarily suspend the acceptance of new applications from Russia and Belarusians for its citizenship by investment program with immediate effect. The government is closely monitoring the current situation in Ukraine and will advise of any further changes to its current policy on the matter. In related news, St. Lucia Times reports that the St. Lucia opposition leader Alan Chasnet has raised concerns over opportunities for Russian millionaires and billionaires to obtain St. Lucia citizenship when several countries are putting pressure on Russia due to its invasion of Ukraine. Countries around the world and major corporations have all been implementing measures to help pressure the Russians to stop their invasion of Ukraine. The United Workers party leader wrote on his Facebook page. He noted that Dominica, Antigua, St. Kitts, and Grenada 
have all suspended issuing citizenship to Russians. But the former prime minister observed that the St. Lucia Labor Party government refuses to do the same here in St. Lucia. His comments echoed remarks made the same day earlier by leader of the opposition business in St. Lucia's Senate, Dominique Fetti. Fetty, former tourism minister, had called on the government to adopt a stricter stance regarding sanctions against Russia over its illegal and undemocratic invasion of the Ukraine by prohibiting Russians from applying to this country's citizenship by investment program. What we need to do is ban completely Russian nationals from applying to our CIP program, the former tourism minister told reporters. And to say that we will allow Russia to apply to our program really is a slap in the face of what over 165 countries voted for at the United Nations, including St. Lucia. Sinkitz and Nevis Observer via Routers reports that six South American nations are proposing the exclusion of fertilizer from sanctions on Russia, a major world producer whose invasion of Ukraine has disrupted supplies, Brazil's agriculture minister, Teresa Cristina Diaz said. She said Brazil has secured the support of Argentina, Bolivia, Chile, Paraguay, and Uruguay for a proposal excluding fertilizer products that will be submitted to the United Nations Food and Agricultural Organization. Brazil, an agricultural powerhouse, is the world's top importer of fertilizer and argues that crop nutrients like food should not be targeted by sanctions. Brazil relies on imports for 85% of the fertilizers it needs for grain crops, more than one-fifth of its imports totaling 9 million tons in 2021 comes from Russia. Dominica's Ministry and Blue and Green Economy, Agriculture and National Food Security of the Commonwealth of Dominica and the Suntime International Techno-Economic Corporation Company Limited of the People's Republic of China have signed the implementation agreement for the eight phase of China A Dominica Agricultural Technical Corporation Agreement. The agreement seeks to strengthen the friendly relationship between the two countries, promote the development of agricultural technology in Dominica, restore and establish an agricultural technology extension system and an agricultural demonstration area, promote practical agricultural technology and high-tech innovation in Dominica and improve the living standards of the people through agricultural development. More demonstration farms, training equipment, input support, and machinery will be provided. Under this agreement, preparations will be made for equipping the agricultural science complex building and designing the human resource plan. Jamaica Information Service reports that Jamaica's chief executive officer at the National Fisheries Authority, Dr. Gavin Bellamy, said that improving tilapia production will allow us to improve the blue protein, which is protein from fishery stock. Also, it will minimize and reduce the stress on our reef fish, he said, while addressing a recent Jamaica Information Service think tank. Tilapia is a popular fish for aquaculture as it is very versatile and is tolerant of a variety of aquaculture environments. It can be farmed in brackish or salt water and in ponds or cage systems. 
In Jamaica, tilapia is mainly raised in ponds, with most of the production concentrated along the southern end of the island. In addition to increased tilapia productions, the National Fisheries Authority also has a project to train fisher folk to do pelagic or deep sea fishing. The National Fisheries Authority CEO said that the Ministry of Agriculture and Fisheries, through the authority, is also working to address some of the challenges that are being faced by fish farmers. In related news, Jamaica Information Service reports that Jamaica's National Fisheries Authority is exploring ways to supply tilapia farmers with quality fish feed, including manufacturing the produce locally. Speaking at a recent Jamaica Information Service Tink Tank, Chairman of the National Fisheries Authority Board, Lieutenant Commander George Overton said that the feed produced locally does not flow. It sinks rather quickly, so there is a high amount of wastage as farmers feed their fish. We have been looking for ways and means to bring proper floating feed to the market and to see if we can get those feeds manufactured locally so that we can eliminate those importation costs, he said. Chief Executive Officer of the National Fisheries Authority, Dr. Gavin Bellamy, told Jamaica Information Service News that under the World Bank Community-Based Climate Resilience and Fisheries Project, a consultant has been engaged to look at how the feed can be produced locally to fulfill the need for fish farmers. Also under the Community-Based Climate Resilient Project, a new recirculating hatchery will be installed. This hatchery is intended to produce up to 5 million fry per annum, which will reduce any shortage of seed stock. This is expected to help the rehabilitation of fish ponds and the seed stock will be available for all farmers, Dr. Bellamy said. Now Grenada reports that the Grenada Transportation Commission is mobilizing to conduct a thorough assessment of Grenada's current public transportation sector with the review of establishing a well-structured and regulated and inclusive public transportation system. A cashless payment system is among several reforms discussed under the Sustainable Road-Based Public Transportation Plan for Grenada's public transportation sector. The Caribbean Development Bank is conducting country-level case studies in St. Lucia and Grenada, taking a closer look at the main challenges in the sector affecting the quality and efficiency of public transportation services and providing recommendations for improvement. The official launch of the Sustainable Road-Based Public Transportation Plan for Grenada took place on Wednesday, March 9th. Frederick Lovras, civil and traffic engineer expert with the consulting firm of multi-criteria planning, outlined many of the steps to develop a comprehensive plan that caters to the needs of the public at large. Multi-criteria planning is among a consortium of consulting firms selected for the 54-week project to conduct studies that will examine options for achieving sustainable public transportation, reducing environmental, social, and economic impacts, including greenhouse gas emissions, improving resilience to natural disasters, and mitigating health and safety risks. 
The study will also propose an appropriate institutional framework, including legal, regulatory, and policy measures and practical investments. This will also include the renewal of the fleet of transportation to the more sustainable zero-carbon emission vehicles. Lavra said that some of these measures will not be implemented overnight, but will require long-term planning. The World Bank's country director for the Caribbean, Lilia Baronsiak, recently concluded a five-day visit to Haiti. She was accompanied by the regional director of the Global Practice Equitable Growth, Finance and Institutions, and members of the team working in Haiti, including the country manager. During her first visit to Haiti, Ms. Baronsiak met with key government officials, including Prime Minister Dr. Ariel Henry, members of civil society organizations, other international development partners, representatives from the private sector, and other stakeholders. The World Bank pledged to continue its strong support to the country while sharing its concerns about the significant socioeconomic impact of the multi-crises, including the protracted socio-political tensions, deteriorations of the security situation and COVID-19 pandemic. Haiti faces deep governance, structural and environmental challenges, which are not easy to address, but during the visit, it, I found many reasons to be positive about the future progress, she said. I assured the country leadership of the World Bank's continued commitment to successful implementation of projects for the reconstruction and resilience of Haiti, including the region affected by the recent earthquake. Following the earthquake on August 14, 2021, the World Bank mobilized 200 million U.S. dollars to address food security challenges and support the government of Haiti's post-earthquake recovery and reconstruction program. An additional 98 million U.S. dollars has been committed from existing World Bank project portfolio through the reallocation of funds and the amendment of ongoing contracts to support emergency repairs to shelters, roads, water systems, and urgent social and health services, as well as to finance cash transfers to the most vulnerable. For more information, visit worldbank.org forward slash Haiti. Antigua Observer reports that an Antiguan is set to receive one of the highest scholarly awards from a tertiary institution in the United States. Dr. Blondell Brickman, an economist who has spent several years contributing to the U.S. agricultural sector, has been honored by Purdue University West Lafayette, Indiana campus, and will receive the Apex Award by the Agricultural Economics Department during a ceremony on April 22nd. The Apex Award presented by the Department of Agricultural Economics is in recognition of those individuals with a strong connection to the department who have made outstanding contributions in their fields. Dr. Brickman, who hails from Barnes Hill, completed her Bachelor of Science degree in Agricultural Economics and a Master of Science degree in Agribusiness Management at Alabama Agricultural and Mechanical University in Huntsville, Alabama. She went on to complete a doctoral degree in agricultural economics at Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana. 
After graduation, she began working for the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service as an economist. Her responsibilities include conducting economic and policy analyses that focus on regulatory impacts on small business entities, program performance measurement, special studies, and providing expert advice on socioeconomic issues to program managers, senior leaders, and policymakers. Dr. Brickman has had the opportunity to work on a variety of issues that are critical to the mission of the agency, which is to protect the health and value of American agriculture and natural resources. In addition to her federal service, she has worked as an adjutant professor of economics. She is also currently a member of the American Applied Economics Association, where she's chair two sections of the organization. Now Grenada reports that on Thursday, March 10th, the United States donated two 40-bed field hospitals to the government of Grenada during a handover ceremony at the Royal Grenada Police Force Service Unit headquarters in St. George's. The donation of the two field hospitals valued at over one million U.S. dollars will help respond to the ongoing pandemic and expand the Ministry of Health's capacity to address future challenges from natural disasters. This donation was made possible through the U.S. military's U.S. Southern Command Humanitarian Assistance Program and follows over 98,000 doses of COVID-19 vaccines donated to Grenada by the United States government. Jamaica Information Service reports that Jamaica's Passport Immigration and Citizenship Agency, PICA, will stage another Access Jamaica initiative in Orlando, Florida from March 25th to 27th. This event will take place at the Legends Resto Lounge, 5250 International Drive, Orlando, from 8.30 to 3.30 p.m. each day. Jamaicans in Orlando, Florida, and surrounding states will be able to apply for new and renewed or replacement Jamaican passports, citizenship by descent to persons of Jamaican heritage, citizenship by marriage to spouses of Jamaicans, and unconditional landing status to allow Jamaicans who visit the island on a foreign passport to stay for an unlimited period. Access Jamaica is a PICA international outreach event designed to foster sustainable linkages between Jamaica and the diaspora. It allows Jamaicans and their descendants in the diaspora to access the products and services of the agency and its partners conveniently in their community. It provides the opportunity for PICA's team to meet and interact face-to-face -face with the agency's clients and target audience. Previous staging of the event took place in Atlanta, Georgia, Miami, Florida, and Connecticut, and saw thousands of patrons benefiting. Patrons who wish to take advantage of PICA services can register at pica.gov.jm. For additional information, persons may also send inquiries to info at pica.gov.jm. And finally, SupConnect.com reports that the International Surfing Association, ISA, confirmed that its 2022 World Stand-Up Paddleboard Championship will take place October 28 to November 6 in San Juan, Puerto Rico. This year's World Stand-Up Paddleboard Championship is the ninth edition of the event. 
with the world's top world stand-up paddleboard championship athletes competing. The event will be staged in the heart of San Juan's famous Laguna del Condado and Bahia del San Juan. The last edition in 2019 was held in El Salvador, where 161 athletes from 27 countries participated. The International Surfing Association did not run the event in 2020 and 2021 due to the global COVID-19 pandemic. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup for Monday, March 14th. I'm Keisha Wallace, thanking you for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news. Be sure to spread the word to family, friends, and associates. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, now Meta.